Michael, this is all very confusing. It's no secret that the first half of 2022 has been volatile for financial markets. And during turbulent times, investors have three basic options to choose from. One, stay the course. Two, pull out. Or three, find an alternative solution. Today, we're going to talk about one of those alternative solutions called structured notes. I'm Remy Bartolotta, and this is On Markets, presented by Darwin Wealth Management and Darwin Asset Management. With me today, I have Chief Investment Officer Michael Sorrentino and Senior Financial Advisor Michael Bartolotta. If you have any questions, comments, or maybe a suggestion for a topic for our next episode, email comments at onmarkets.com or hit me up directly at remy at onmarkets.com. That's R-E-M-Y at onmarkets.com. And as always, if you like our show, please hit the follow button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. It really does help us in continuing to bring quality content to the show each week, so please hit that follow button. Okay, so to start out, I'm going to actually read the official definition of a structured note as given to us by Investopedia. A structured note is a debt obligation that also contains an embedded component that adjusts the securities profile. The return performance of a structured note will track both the underlying debt obligation and the derivative embedded within it. So for the average listener, that's a bunch of gibberish. So why don't we start out by sort of describing what a structured note is in, in plain English. So a structured note, you know, in some ways resembles a bond in that it's a debt obligation, right? You're letting someone borrow your money for some sort of a rate of return, right? The risk is that they either don't pay you back or that the underlying investment defaults, right? But they're typically going to be a little more creative in the return that you get than literally just, I let someone borrow my money and I'm going to get, you know, X percentage back, right? The returns are typically tied to some sort of a derivative and they can give you greater upside and also buffer some of the downside or technically eliminate the downside. Yeah. So if you're an investor and you're looking to perhaps capture, uh, let's say the S&P 500 in this example, or some type of equity market risk, but you don't want to take the full ride. All right. This could be potentially a vehicle where you could invest in where you are buffered on the downside to some degree, but at the same time, the, the, the trade-off is your, your upside is going to be capped as well. But because you're kind of narrowing that band of potential outcomes, you have a better expectation of, of what's going to happen in the future. So who's typically issuing a structured note? Typically, these products, they're not overly complicated under the covers, but there is some work to kind of build them and get them out to the market. So you, generally speaking, are going to see large, big, big banks being the issuers of these notes. Uh, so you know, I think JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, they're really big names in the business. They tend to dominate this space. Can anyone do it, though? Does it have to be a, an investment bank? No, no. I mean, you'll see some smaller providers every once in a while out there. Uh, you know, you think about it this way, Mike. I mean, your background in distribution. It, I think the biggest challenge in that instance is is actually being able to get the products to the customers, right? So the 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 Goldmans and and the Morgan Stanleys, it's not because they've got an investment bank that knows actually how to put these things together. It's more like they've got a distribution force around the country where they could shove these things into and expand them very very quickly and effectively. Right. So, I mean, the basic concept here is providing an investment product that's going to sort of mitigate your downside risk by allowing you to participate in some of the upside of market growth, if I'm summarizing that correctly. So, real briefly, Tino, how does a structure note actually do that? What's the underlying asset that allows you to mitigate that downside risk while also being able to participate in the upside? 
cookie cutter structured note would be something like, uh, let's say that the underlying note would be, a, let's use a treasury bond, okay? Super safe, not going to default, right? So a treasury bond is going to return some, some low boring amount of return over, over a given time period. And then what they'll do is they'll stuff inside of that, let's say a call option on the S&P 500, okay? And that call option will cost a certain amount of money to buy, all right? But that option, it's like an insurance contract. If it hits or if the S&P 500 goes above a specific threshold, then that note's going to pay out a portion of those returns as well. So the sales pitch here, you're getting kind of the best of both worlds. You're getting the safety and security of a U.S. Treasury bond, but at the same time, you have a little bit of juice or a kicker on the on that equity um, uh, derivative as well. So, Tino, you, I, I heard you throw the word insurance in there. And to be honest, these sound so much like annuities uh, that it's scary. So it's something that I want to get back to later on. Uh, I'm going to throw this one over to Mike. But before we do that, where is this useful? How can the average investor capitalize on a product like this? There's a couple different things that come to mind or, or scenarios. I think the big one right now with, with the volatility we see in the markets is not just the volatility in markets, it's also the lack of alternatives, right? So if you think about uh, you're, you're sitting in cash, you know that inflation is completely crushing you. Uh, you're losing money safely. You know that's not a viable long-term solution, but at the same time, you feel like you probably have enough equity risk or you, you just can't take the ride or the full ride of the market. This could be a potential solution to where you could say, okay, look, I'm going to invest in a structured note. I know that I'm not going to kill it. You know, the market soars higher. I'm not going to take that full ride. But at the same time, the trade-off is like, I'm probably going to sleep a little bit better at night knowing that that quote-unquote buffer is built into the product. So I think that's probably the biggest use case that I could think of at, the, at least in 2022. I think this maybe can be a little clearer for some of our listeners. Why don't we put some parameters around it? In, in other words, you know, what does a structured note look like? You know, what's the downside protection? What's the upside potential? Right? Because I think right now we're talking and it's a little bit vague, right? And if I'm listening to this for the first time, I'm not really sure what I'm listening to. What I really want to know is if I put, you know, a hundred thousand or two hundred fifty thousand or five hundred thousand dollars into this note, right? What is my potential upside and what is my potential downside? So what kind of ballpark are we talking about? Yeah, you're going to love my answer. It depends on the market <laughs> uh, at the time, right? It, it just does. I mean, volatility and things of that nature. So, uh, But yeah, some kind of broad strokes here. So yeah, let's start with the buffer side, right? There's, you, you're probably going to get anywhere between a 10 to 20% buffer, somewhere in that range on the S&P 500. The trade-off is, uh, Mike, you actually probably, going from your insurance background, know better than I do, what, 30% upside? Yeah, so let's actually let's get even, you know, more sort of elementary. Let's describe the buffer, right? What does that really mean? I mean, because a buffer can be a lot of different things. But I think what we're talking about is if it's a 20% buffer, let's say you do a three year note and it's a 20% buffer, you know, if within that three year period, over that three year period, if the SP were to lose money, the investor would be protected from the first 20% of any loss. So if the S&P went down 15%, the investor would not participate in that 15% loss. They would only participate if the loss was over 20. And then they would only participate to the extent that it exceeded the buffer. So in that scenario, an investor wouldn't lose money with a 20% buffer unless the S&P dropped more than 20% over that period of time. So let's say the S&P went down 23, the investor would lose 3% 
So that's the downside protection, right? It's going to, depending on what the buffer is and what the time frame is, there's a very good chance that they're very well protected against loss. So what's the upside? Let's say it's tied to an index. Let's say it's tied to the S&P or some other index. It doesn't have to be the S&P, but it can be the S&P. And I think it's probably the most common. You're going to get some percentage of the gain of the S&P. And that can be anywhere between 0% to over 100%, right? It depends on the way the derivative is written, the way the, the option is written. Uh, so let's say in that same scenario, let's say we've got a, a three-year note and you're buffered, I don't know, 20% of the downside, maybe you've got 70 or 80% of the upside or more. So if it's 70% of the upside, the S&P goes up 10 over three years, you're going to get seven. You know, if it goes up 100 over three years, you're going to get 70. So typically you get a pretty good chunk of the S&P, sometimes 100% of the S&P, sometimes more than that. So, I mean, this is frighteningly similar to an annuity. It's very, very analogous to an to an indexed annuity for sure. So, not that I want to sort of stray off topic here, but you know, I'm sure that that our listeners are are curious how this differs from an annuity because I do get a lot of feedback from our listeners, and and annuities tend to be a a question um, uh, that I get a lot, or or I guess a, a comment. You know, can you cover annuities? Can you talk about how they work? Whatever. And we've never really talked about annuities in depth on the show, um, which is probably a topic for a future episode. But maybe let's touch on sort of how these are different than a fixed indexed annuity. So annuities can be a lot of different things. I think the context that you're, you're talking about is when people use a fixed index annuity for accumulation, right? And I think that the, the pitch that they typically hear is you're going to put your money in, you're going to be protected on the downside, and you're going to get some percentage of the movement of the upside movement of the market, right? And the sales pitches I've heard is, you know, it's an elevator with up buttons and no down buttons, you know, all, all kinds of weird stuff like that. So the differences are, there's a few of them. One is typically the holding period. Usually an index annuity is going to be somewhere between, I don't know, maybe on the light side, seven years to, you know, 12 or 13 years. And that being, you know, if you, let's say you do a 10-year, it's probably the most common. You buy a 10-year fixed index annuity. You, if you withdraw your money during that 10-year period, there's going to be some penalties and, and those penalties can be pretty stiff. So it's a little bit lengthy, right? It's a little bit tough to plan for 10 years. A structured note is typically a shorter length of time, anywhere between two and maybe four or five years, something like that. So from that perspective, it differs. The second piece of it is that on an index annuity, because it's a fixed annuity, it's a non-registered product, right? It falls under the insurance rules. You can't be subject to any loss at all. So your floor on an index annuity has to be 0%. Otherwise, it doesn't qualify as a fixed investment. With a structured note, you can have some downside, right? But it's going to be buffered. So there is ultimately a little bit of risk there. It may not be a lot of risk, but with the annuity, there's not going to be any risk at all, right? It's just subject to the financial health of the, the underlying insurance company. The other part of that is you're typically going to get a lot greater participation on the upside of a structured note than you will an annuity. A structured note doesn't have a lot of the expenses built in that an annuity has, right? An annuity has to have payout uh, options for the client. It's got to pass insurance regulation. There's distribution costs. There's commissions to the, the selling agent. There's a, a lot of different costs built into those annuities. 
where in a structured note, they're much more simple. It's, it's really, you know, what is my upside return and what is my downside protection? So those are the main differences. It's a much sort of cleaner product. Now, that being said, I'm not saying there's not complicated structured notes. There certainly are. But in general, I think they're a little bit simpler to understand than an annuity. So real basic question, who is a structured note for? Well, for one thing, a structured note is an alternative investment, which means you need to be uh, an accredited investor, right? And we could talk about the definition of an accredited investor. It sounds a little more intimidating than it is. I think a fair amount of people fall into that category. For me, when I look at it, I think the clients that I talk to, we have an awful lot of clients right now, and Tino alluded to it a little bit earlier, where you know, I'm a little afraid of the market. The market's been turbulent. There's a lot of volatility. Maybe I'm getting close to retirement and I can't afford a big downturn. I can't afford another, you know, 2008 where I lose, you know, 50% of, of my nest egg and it's going to take me two or three years or a year even to get it back. You know, I, I'm going to retire in six months. You know, there's not a lot of options on the fixed safe side, right? CDs are paying a little more than they did, you know, a couple of years ago or even a year ago, but still nothing great. They're still not going to keep up with inflation. So it's a good alternative for someone that would like some upside participation of the market with some downside protection. And again, that sounds like an annuity, right? But it's really not. So, Tino, you mentioned earlier that structured notes tend to float around the investment banking world, right? Uh, I don't think the average investor is you know, involved in that world intimately enough to be able to call up their local investment banker and say, hey, I, I want a structured note. So I, how does the, the average investor get one of these? I get about, I don't know, 100 emails a week roughly speaking, of different structured note offerings from various banks and things of that nature. So it's one of those things out there that if you want one, if you're interested, talk to your financial advisor because, you know, Mike, how many emails are you getting a day? A cabillion. I mean, they're all, yeah. Inundated. And and an email may have 30 or 40 different structured note offerings within it, right? It's crazy. Yeah, it, you know, like any other product out there, you got to be careful about what you're buying. You know, there's some very, very good structured notes out there in a sea of really, really bad ones, right? It's like anything else. There's some really good mutual funds and some really bad mutual funds. So, you know, when, when, when you're looking at these, uh, these products, you got to really do some due diligence on them. Uh, that's, again, where your financial advisor is going to come in because there's some caveats or some gotchas that you don't think about up front. I'll give you an example. So, we, you know, Mike, you did a great job explaining what a buffer is earlier, but there are two types of buffers, right? There's a hard buffer and a soft buffer. So if the buffer is 20%, and it's a hard buffer, then it's what you would think. Okay, the first 20% you're protected from. But if we're dealing with a, a soft buffer, that's 20% of the loss of the S&P 500, right? So let's say the S&P 500 is down 15%, you're protected for the first 20% of that 15%. These are gotchas that if you don't have experience with structured notes, uh, your financial advisor is going to be kind of your first line of defense to really doing the due diligence on them. So, uh, you know, I've pretty much hit you guys with a bunch of very easy questions so far, just real definitions, sort of, you know, where do they fit, you know, whatever. Now I'm going to hit you with one that's a little bit more challenging and, and I'm going to put you on the spot. Obviously, anybody that's listening to this show, you need to speak to your financial advisor. You need to get all the details about a structured note before you, you enter into one, right? But can you guys give our listeners one key negative component to look for and one key positive component to look for? I'll go first. The negative thing, I think, is the complexity or and the more complex it is, I think, and again, another similarity to annuity, right? The more complex it is, the more, as Tino put it, 
you know, potential gotchas, right? I like a very simple structure, a fairly short holding period, you know, a hard downside buffer, you know, just very clear because there's all kinds of crazy ways to structure these things. So from a downside perspective, I would be a little leery of complexity. From an upside perspective, that one's a tough one. That's almost like a, that's a, it's a Tino answer. That's a, it depends, right? Yeah, it depends totally. on what your circumstance is, right? I mean, if I'm super risk averse, you know, what am I looking for? I'm looking for something with a huge buffer or complete downside protection. If I'm looking for max growth and I've got a longer period of time, you know, I'm looking for a lot of upside participation and maybe not as much of a buffer on the downside because I'm going to be protected by the fact that I'm holding this for a long period of time as well. So that one's a little bit tougher. Not a straight answer, but I tried it. I'd say the downside is uh, in regard to complexity. I don't think there's a greater vehicle out there to stuff fees into than a structured note. Within that context, so you asked earlier, why do, why do all the large banks do these things and why are we getting 100 emails a week? Because they are massively profitable to these banks. The fees can be absolutely egregious in many instances. So again, this goes back to knowing what to look for, reading the fine print, and uh, a lot of financial advisors are skilled in that, and frankly, some are not. But the fees are something that you need to be very, very careful about, and that is something uh, that does take a little bit of expertise knowing what, what to look for. On the upside, I don't think all structure notes are good but not all are bad either you know we've offered them to our clients in the past too and our most recent one i thought it was interesting because we offered two different versions one was if i remember correctly mike it was 120 percent of the upside of the s p 500 with a 20 percent buffer all right that's a very interesting opportunity when the market's already been corrected down you know 15 20 percent or whatever it was a few weeks ago because now you got to ask yourself, could the market go down another you know, 20% plus? And if not, then I could potentially get 120% of the upside. So the timing of that, I thought was very interesting. Whereas the other one we offered was more of an income offering, right? We were getting 4% income a year for, what was it, four years with a 10% buffer. So you know, I would say that you know, the upside is you can find these opportunities. They don't come around all that often, but when they do, a lot of times the structured note format can create that risk return opportunity that, that your traditional uh, asset classes cannot provide. So bottom line, guys, should the everyday investor be actively seeking out a structured note? For me, the bottom line is that I actually do think it's something people should consider. But you know, to sort of agree with Tino, I think it's something that you need to be certain that your advisor is very well versed in how these work and that you have a, a high degree of trust in the advisor and these make you make sure that he's really only offering structured notes that suit what you are trying to accomplish. And there are plenty of them out there, but as Tino said, there's plenty of ones you want to stay away from as well. This podcast is created and presented by Darwin Asset Management LLC and Darwin Advisors LLC, collectively referred to as Darwin. Darwin does not make any representation or warranties and therefore takes no responsibility as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information contained in this podcast. Any tax or legal information contained in this podcast is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The information presented does not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Information presented is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the securities mentioned herein.